Hello, Horror Nights in podcast family, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Crystal, and I am the host of this podcast where I talk about horror movies, the good, the bad, the new, and the old. I upload a new episode of this podcast every Monday, and we are going back to the basics, reviewing horror movies, because that is what started this whole thing, and that is what makes me the happiest. So let's get into the episode. All right, so as I mentioned in last week's episode, I decided for the entire month of October, I'm going to be exploring some of my favorite classic iconic horror films. I'm going to be breaking them down and talk about some moments that I don't always feel have the limelight within the particular franchise. Also, Roxy has just decided to jump onto my desk, so if you hear her running around, that's what it is. I'm sorry, she is my... she's my guest. <laughs> so I have always loved watching a horror film and doing research on it, like fan theories and reviews and all of that good stuff. So last week we... well actually not last week, the week before that. We did Halloween, and this week, as you can tell from the title, we are going to be doing I Know What You Did Last Summer for our final week before Halloween. So if you're listening to this episode as it drops on the day, today is Saturday, October 30th, which means tomorrow is Halloween. I want to wish all of you a very happy, 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 and safe Halloween. If you're listening to this episode after Halloween, Well, I mean, we celebrate Halloween and Horror Movies 365 on this podcast, so, but I hope that you guys had a great Halloween, and yeah, so that is my little intro that we have going on right now. So, when I originally mapped out the plan for each episode, I wanted Halloween to actually be for this week, because, duh. But then I got too excited after seeing Halloween Kills, so I switched them around, Regardless, I am super excited to talk about the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise series, you know, franchise film series, because if you know me, you know I love me some good 90s scream horror films mixed in with some family and friend drama and some really good kills. So, before we get into that, we have to start with the new series that hit Amazon Prime this month under the same name. It tells the story of a group of teenagers who are stalked by a mysterious killer a year after a fatal accident on the night of their graduation. When I first saw the advertisement, I was not super enticed, but I had hopes, considering we did have a Scream series that was actually pretty good. I did watch every episode in a day to make sure that I was fully aware of what I was talking about. Sorry, that was Roxy again, if you heard that in the background. So, as I was saying, I watched all the episodes that were available, and I gotta say, I was a little confused with the whole sister thing, and I don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't checked it out yet. So, were the episodes that I watched, were they good? Eh, they were okay. I think it focused more on the relationship dynamic of the characters than the actual killings. It honestly felt more like a teen drama than anything. It has some decent parts, but overall, it was almost too over the top with the modern verbiage for me. I had to put the captions on because at one point I had no idea what slang that they were using, and I'd like to think I am 
pretty up to date with what the kids are saying. Um, that <laughs> makes me sound extremely old. But as I said, I, I understand that the writers wanted the characters to be cool and trendy, but it just, it tried too hard. There were only a few kills too, and two of the, and two of the kills that we actually, that we actually got to see play out that was like an on-screen kill. I really wish the writers of horror now wouldn't play so much into the trends and kind of just stick to the roots of teen slashers, the teens, the killings, and the whodunit. Check it out if you want. It is streaming on Amazon Prime, and it ended with a cliffhanger on the last episode that I watched. Uh, they do drop new episodes every Friday, so um, if you want, I'll keep watching it to keep you updated. I kind of want to know who the killer is because at least that is something that... I can guess is gonna happen, but I don't really care about the characters. Uh, the main actress is pretty good. I think she's a good actress, but the the other the the rest of the cast just I, I'm I'm good. So, <laughs> all right. So let's get back into the film franchise of I Know What You Did Last Summer. So the franchise consists of three slasher films loosely based on the novel by Lewis Duncan. It was written by our king, Kevin Williamson, and it was directed by Jim Gillespie, and it was released in 1997. So an interesting little fun fact about this film is the script actually was rejected by production companies, but after they saw Williamson's huge success of Scream, Columbia Pictures called The Highest Dibs, and this is one of the reasons why audiences were not really impressed with it. And what I mean by that is Kevin Williamson did an amazing job with Scream and he wrote Scream after he wrote I Know What You Did Last Summer. So that's kind of why audiences were like, why was Scream so good and I Know What You Did Last Summer not so good. So that is their opinion. It is not mine. We'll get into that in a little bit. But so the film starred um, the queens themselves, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar, and of course, Freddie Prinze Jr. and Ryan Phillippe. And the film tells the story of these four young friends who are stalked by a hook-wielding killer one year after covering up a car accident in which they killed a man. What you may not know about this film it was actually rushed by Columbia Pictures because Stream was so successful. So it's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier. They were definitely trying to streamline the success off of Scream. There was also some legal issues because when this film came out, they had in the title on the promotional poster come, you know, it, it said from the creators of Scream and then Dimension Films was not happy about that. So then they had to take it off the promotional poster. Yeah, so... Just, just a big, huge legal mess that nobody really cares about because we all know the facts, you know? Okay, so when the production team was looking for the cast, they stated that they wanted beautiful but likable characters. Jennifer Love Hewitt was mostly known for her role in the show Party of Five, and um, yeah, Nev Campbell was in that show too. Um, and actually, Jennifer Love Hewitt was almost cast for the part of Helen. Also, you may not know this, but Melissa Joan Hart was offered the role too, but she thought it was too much of a ripoff of Scream. So the difference between, but the difference between these two films is it wasn't based on satire and it wasn't as meta as Scream. And sure, Michelle Geller was casted last after Ryan Phillippe and Freddie Prinze Jr. 
She was known, of course, for her role as Buffy in Buffy the Vampire Slayer at the time. And we can't talk about the development of this film without talking about where the urban legend of the hook comes from. So the legend goes that a killer with a hook for a hand kills couples in their car when they were hooking up. He is portrayed as an old man wearing a raincoat and hat that conceals most of his features. And we hear about this legend as the main cast sits around the campfire at the beginning of the film on Dawson's Beach. The director also wanted virtually no on-screen blood because he didn't want the film to come over too gruesome and the original ending was supposed to be a sequence in which Julie receives an email reading I still know but instead they chose to go with the ending we all know where it ends with the same message on the shower stall before the killer comes through the glass so you guys remember that part when she's taking a shower she gets out of the shower and then on the mirror is written that. So uh, another tidbit about the author who wrote the book, uh, Lewis Duncan, she was not happy that the production turned her novel into a slasher film. Now her book did have the same plot lines, but no one was killed in her book. Regardless of that, I keep this film in a very special place in my heart. And yes, even though I love Scream, this is also one of my favorites. The characters created by Williamson were likable and they fit into the drama of the story. And this is definitely one of the better horror films that we got in the later 90s and even horror films that we get nowadays. So what I liked and found most interesting about this film is that the story reminded us, or maybe just me, of all of the foolish things we did when we were younger. How I thought I was invincible, I could do anything, could never get hurt, never get in trouble. Um, so when they do commit the hit and run, we watch as they contemplate on how to handle the situation. A should or shouldn't, we have conversation that they know however they handle it, it will have consequences. I really did enjoy this part of the film because it really made you think like, what would I do in that situation? Okay, so getting back to the film, we see after a year of being away from each other, the way that their actions that previous summer on the 4th of July changed them. We don't really see much of their lives before the accident, but we can assume they are dealing with it in their own ways and... At least for Julie's character, she definitely became a former shell of herself. We see her get into a fight with her mom. Um, we, of course, we find out who the man was that they ran over a year prior, and he is seeking revenge through the group's series of investigations throughout the film. Uh, another thing I really enjoy about this film is that I can re when I rewatch it, it still delivers. It has great editing and even the score is really good. It was also scary. And it had probably one of the best chase scenes with Sarah Michelle Gellar as Helen at, you know, the foot, really, literally. <laughs> uh, we watch as she is being chased through the streets of their town. And then that iconic last moment of her death when the parade overtakes her scream. Um, that scene still pulls on my heartstrings because she was so close to just surviving and you could just like if somebody had just turned their head and looked down that alley they would see her and then they just don't see her and then she dies. I think it's just I mean I, I think that as horror fans we can all agree that's one of the best 
chase scenes. Um, we also get our first look at Jennifer Love Hewitt being a scream queen. I mean, the girl can scream, she can yell. We all know the iconic lines throughout the film, throughout the series. She really fits that idea of being the good girl, looking out for her friends, being in love with her high school sweetheart. Her life seems simple, planned out as she sets her sights on Boston to pursue a career as a lawyer. But now she also has the guilt that weighs on her for what she did last summer with her friends. So yeah. And we also see a different side of Sarah Michelle Gellar. She is a pageant beauty queen. She doesn't have her supernatural uh, powers as a slayer. She is dating the star football player, and she has her whole life mapped out, too. So, I did enjoy that film. Okay, so let's move on to the sequel of I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. So, this film was released one year after its predecessor. We all know that sequels aren't usually as fun as the first, but I actually really, really, really liked this film. I also just really love Brandy, who played opposite of Jennifer Love Hewitt as her friend Carla. Also, side note, this is actually really funny. If you go on imdb.com and you look up this film, there's, so you know how they play like the teasers and the previews and like the trailer of it? The screen grab of Jennifer Love Hewitt is so creepy. Seriously, pause this podcast, pause this episode, and go look at it right now because it makes me laugh so hard. And then come back. Okay, you're back. Okay. Also, Jennifer Love Hewitt just looks so stunning in this film. And so does Brandy. I mean, they all, they're, they just look gorgeous. Sarah Michelle Gellar looked gorgeous too. And, you know, I can't talk about this film without Jack Black's cameo, which added definitely some spice to the film to the stormy resort, if you will. Okay, so this film centers around the mysterious fisherman who is back for revenge, but now this time he is stalking the surviving teens on an island resort. This film was so cheesy, but honestly, like I said, I really like it. The opening was great, and considering the film is over 20 years old, it really doesn't feel that way. I mean, the title was cheesy, and the film had more gore and blood than the first one. And it does follow Randy Meek's rules for a sequel, bigger body count, more elaborate deaths, and a near superhuman killer. I would like to know, though, how the killer fisherman was able to program the sinister I still know into the karaoke machine, but I mean... I don't think we'll ever find out that, but that's okay. And if you listen to any of my other episodes, I always want to know what happens to our characters after the trauma of being chased by a killer. And this film does that with Julie having reoccurring nightmares. She's jumping at any slight sound. But with that being said, her character throughout the film has also shifted into more of a Sydney Prescott, Laurie, you know, Laurie Strode-esque towards the end of the film because now Julie isn't scared. She's pissed. And she's just like, why won't you die? Like, you are going to die and I'm going to be the one who does it. So I think it was really cool how we saw the transition of her from the beginning of the film where she's walking on campus and she gets scared by a bird. And then towards the end of the film where she's like, you know, come and get me, I'm right here. Come and get me. So there are some plot holes, there's mm, some coincidences and things that make you wonder how the fisherman did that, 
And, you know, we can't talk about the sequel without the funny play on the names. Will Benson, like Ben's son. I mean, come on. It's so cheesy and campy, but I gotta say, I like it. I think what saves this film is the nostalgia of it. We watch it knowing full well that it's not great, even though I love it. But as a collective horror family, we really do like this film. All right, so I suppose we must talk about the dumpster fire of I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. This film was completely different from the other two with none of the returning cast. It was straight to video, it was released in 2006. It tells the story of a group of teenagers in Colorado who find themselves being stalked and killed one by one by a mysterious figure with a hook exactly one year after they covered up a friend's accidental death. It didn't just have the same vibe as the others and it just like, it missed the mark, you know? Instead of notes, of course, it's it's now text messages. And instead of Jennifer Love Hewitt and, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. and everyone, we get like a whole new Motley crew. Um, I don't, I, I watched this film one time very long ago. I don't really have that much to say about it. Probably shouldn't have been made. I think some, People have enjoyed this film, but for the majority, at, at least for me, the way that I see it is it kind of just like one of those films that, you know, did this really need to get made? I, I don't really know. I don't know. And if you enjoyed All Always So What You Did Last Summer, more power to you. I'm not one to judge. I pretty much will watch any horror film and, you know, have things that I like about it and things that I don't like about it. So, but I think the reason why I love the first and the second is it just gives me exactly what I want. A group of pretty people who run around while an unknown killer is stalking them with some plot holes and you know like how did the killer have time to do that or how did the killer think of that way to present the body to the pretty people you know. <laughs> A lot of horror films we see now are either psychological horror, they're remakes, they're super obscure and I have said this in previous episodes where I would just like to see something with the same guidelines, same skeleton that we've loved since the late 90s, but that's just me. I don't think it will go back to that. Um, so that's just something I've always hoped for. But hey, listen, if we don't get it, then I will always have, you know, these films to, to look back on and push play. So uh, the first film... It definitely, it was a byproduct of an era during which serial killers were still a concern for the public and young girls falling prey to mysterious strangers. I think the reason that we go back to the films that I've discussed this whole month is because they make us feel good. These films were the ones that probably introduced us to horror. And I picked them also because, you know, they were my favorites. There is nothing like hit and play on some of those iconic films that help us horror fans feel better about this miserable burning world that's around us. The community that uh, has been built, you know, it isn't perfect, but for the most part, when a horror fan meets another horror fan, there is a connection because if you look at the media... Horror is not really celebrated, so you know when we found a when we find someone who enjoys those things, you know you find a counterpart in someone. It just it it just means something, and I think when you watch films like I know what you did last summer and I still know what you did last summer, 
they're gonna be cheesy they're gonna be over the top they're gonna be over dramatic but there's just something about them you know like when I was making my notes for this episode, I was super excited that I was actually going to have the chance to go back and rewatch these films. And thankfully, I have every single subscription to every single streaming platform at this point. So I was able to easily find it. And, you know, yes, it did, you know, go on the coattails of Scream and the success of Scream and things like that. But I, I just remember being younger and watching this film and just really liking it and being scared of... <laughs> fishermen and and you know looking up urban legends that I thought were interesting looking up the urban legend of the hook and following Jennifer Love Hewitt and and Sarah Michelle Gellar in their careers and then of course the Sarah Michelle Gellar goes on to play Cece Parker and Scream 2 like it's just things like this where it's just so cool everything is interchangeable and um I just I I just really enjoyed making these episodes the last month because I got to go back and rewatch and and enjoy my favorite horror films that and these were some of the first horror films that I ever watched the first horror film I've ever seen in full that I really really enjoyed was Scream and then I just fell in love with the series and you know it was I think it was my mom at one point was like oh if you love this film you should watch you know what you did last summer and it was just like a growing thing since then. I just, I'm rambling now. I know that I'm rambling, but I just wanted to wrap up this month of October with these films. And just thank you guys so much for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. Um, new episodes of this podcast drop every single Monday. I know this was a little bit different because last week I had to do some extra research for a YouTube video that I was putting out. So everything kind of got pushed back. That's why this one's dropping Saturday instead of Monday. But there will be a new episode this upcoming Monday, November 1st. Um, and I just want to thank you guys just for being here, hanging out with me for the, you know, past 20 minutes or so. <laughs> um, also, um, you know, just remember to stay safe, stay spooky. You guys can follow me um, on my social medias if you want to. You don't have to. You can follow me wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this episode. I'm just really glad that you guys are here. I'm really glad that I'm creating for you guys. Um, and stay tuned for more episodes. And yeah. And happy Halloween, guys. Stay safe. And I'll see you in my next episode. Bye. <laughs>